we spend so much time worrying about things and all of that time is wasted. Yeah. Every second that I worry, I'm wasting. <laughs> Every second I live in fear, I'm wasting. And I could be, instead of that, being the one who's being kept in perfect peace because my mind is fixed on him, like it says in Isaiah. Hello and welcome to the Nate Morris Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate, and uh, glad to be back with you. It's been a little while. We've taken kind of a break over the summer, but looking forward to getting back into this and uh, getting some discussions about hot button topics um, as we get into the fall uh, here. So lots of um, great ideas about what we can talk about coming up. Um, but before we get into our subject today, I'd like to just invite you to do two things. First, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, make sure you click that subscribe button or the like button uh, just so you can get the next um, one that comes out uh, in your inbox when it comes in. And also, if you could share this um, with anybody that you think would benefit from it and also um, click that like button helps us get boosted up in the algorithms on the podcasting platforms uh, so we can get it out in front of more people. So um, as I always say, we like to talk about a lot of the, the hot button topics on this podcast, um, things that may not come up in church just because of wherever we might be in the scriptures or um, things that people may not want to talk about uh, sometimes, honestly. So uh, I, I just think that there's a lot of stuff in the word and a lot of stuff in the world that should be discussed from a biblical perspective. And so today is no uh, exception to that. Um, and today, Pastor Paul and I, Pastor Paul's on the program, um, are going to discuss uh, the kind of the current COVID climate. I know we've talked about COVID and all that a, a lot on this podcast with different aspects and different elements, but right now we're seeing a lot of contention. We're seeing vaccine mandates. We're seeing mask mandates come back again. We're seeing um, some things in the world that are kind of concerning. And then we're also seeing a lot of spread of misinformation and um, a, a lot of times people don't know what to think or who to believe. And so we want to talk about that a little bit today on the podcast. So Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Um, I think. <laughs> you think as, the, as the conversation goes on, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might, we might not be on the same page even. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, to that find would be out. interesting yeah. to find out. Uh, but you know, as you listen in, you might have some different perspectives than us on some of these things, and that's okay. That's that's why we we talk about these hot button objects. I mean, objects, subjects. And um, really just see what the word has to say and see where the Lord leads in that. And so that's our desire. Um, and hopefully we can do that. So um, just on the topic of COVID and coronavirus and all that stuff, it, it felt like we had a little bit of a break this summer to me. I don't know. What did you feel like? Paul? Yeah, totally. I uh, was hoping that it was going to last and go away. And then all these variants came back. And um, so, yeah, kind of a, I, I think that, uh, my family, none of, none of my family got it until the second round, so to speak. So, yeah, thought it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my family, we all got it in, in March or late, late February, early March of 2021. So, you know, we got, we all got it and got pretty sick with it and, um, not hospital sick, but we were, you know, laid up in bed for a solid 10 days and, uh, came through that. And 
as things kind of opened up more this, this spring and this summer, it just kind of felt like, okay, maybe we're getting over the hill on this and getting over the hump and kind of just moving on. And church felt somewhat normal again and events felt somewhat normal again. And now we get into late summer, early fall. And, um, that with this new Delta variant, the cases are just spiking all over the place, even amongst vaccinated people. Um, and the, um, the companies and authorities are starting to get scared as a result of that. Um, and we're starting to see things come into place. Like now that there are vaccines that are out, companies are starting to mandate employees have vaccines and, um, some places are, you know, requiring vaccine passports, uh, to come in or to, to go out or to, to, you know, to attend an event or whatever it may be. Um, and it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time to be alive. I, for one was really excited when things got back to normal. I don't know about you, Paul. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially since we moved here a month before, uh, we went into quarantine. That's right. So I forgot actually about that. Starting to, <laughs> Uh, experience what it's like to really to live here and stuff. But yeah, the, uh, I just saw a couple days ago that, uh, big LSU tiger, a football fan, uh, down in Baton Rouge, and they just mandated that you have to have vaccines to go to the, the football game and people are selling their season tickets, which doesn't happen. Those things are passed down from generation to generation because people feel so strongly about this topic about whether they should get vaccinated or not vaccinated right. and, and all that stuff. And that, that to me, as crazy as it might sound, that was like, holy cow, man, people are very serious about this stuff that they would sell their season tickets to the LSU Tigers. Um, it was right. a huge statement to me. That is, I mean, I would think even, even if they were going to abstain from attending in protest, I would think that they would keep the tickets for next year or something like that. Yeah, but they're just so fired up. They're trying to make a statement because they're making them get the vaccine. Yeah. And that, that just kind of points out to me, you know, I I think it's, it's interesting because there's vaccine hesitancy, which I understand. Um, I personally haven't been vaccinated as of yet. I, because I had COVID this year, so I really don't have a need to. Um, And, and I know a lot of people that are concerned about getting the vaccine. I'm probably going to get it here sometime in the next couple of months, just because um, I'm getting to that, you know, eight months period or whatever like that. But there is vaccine hesitancy out there and that's totally fine. And I think that when, whenever anything is mandated, that's when I start to get like, "Eh, I don't really know about that. Like if you're going to make me, have a vaccine to go to an event, um, I might just spend my money elsewhere, which is, sounds like what these guys are doing, but they're doing that on the next level <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Tiger football. That's serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, it's interesting because like, like you said, you know, that, uh, uh, the choice to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. And I've had a, a lot of people, I'm sure you have too, uh, who have called me or spoken to me and asked my opinion whether they should get the vaccine or not from mm-hmm. a spiritual standpoint. Right. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Like spiritually speaking, you know, is it good or bad to get the vaccine myself? I'm like, what's the Lord leading you to do? Exactly. You know? Because I can't open up the Bible and turn to a verse and say, <laughs> that says, you know, do not get the vaccine or get the vaccine, you know, like, uh, so it's kind of a weird position as a pastor to be in, you know, when people like want the spiritual advice on a physical issue, it's right. difficult. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think that it's really a decision between each individual and the Lord. And that's where I, I think that on a certain level, it's, it's um, understandable to kind of push back on mandated vaccines across the board um, for, for people. Um, just, you know, I mean, if they ever say that we have to require a vaccine passport for people to come to church, I can just tell you right now, we're not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to turn somebody away from, <laughs> from coming to the Lord because they don't have a vaccine right now as to whether vaccines are okay or not in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, I like the reality is it doesn't say anything about vaccines in the Bible. Um, it talks about medical treatment, um, in a positive sense. It talks about, um, you know, lots of different subjects that you could go around it. But I think just like you said, it needs to be a decision between each individual and the Lord about whether or not they would get that. Now, um, aside from the COVID-19 vaccine, I am one of the most vaccinated people around. <laughs> I think, <laughs> And I just say that because I've done a lot of missions work in India and in yeah. countries in Africa. And, uh, you know, as I've gone to these different places, it's been required that I get vaccines in order to enter the country. So in a sense, vaccine passports are nothing new um, in that sense. You know, if you want to come into our country, you have to have a yellow fever vaccine because we can't contain a yellow fever outbreak if it comes right. That's mm -hmm. that's just what's been happening. So um, so I have all of those vaccines that most people don't have here in the United States. Um, like most people in the U.S. don't get a yellow fever vaccine or a typhoid vaccine because they're not going to be exposed to it. And so they just make that choice. Now for me, I looked at that situation and said, okay, I want to go and be of use in this country and be used by the Lord there. I feel like he's called me to go there. Part of going there means I need to get this vaccine. And so I'm going to do that. If it comes down to where I'm not allowed to visit a patient in the hospital, somebody from our church mm. who is ill um, because I don't have the vaccine, then I'm not able to do my job and that, that as a minister of the gospel. So I, I would probably make that choice there. And I'm not, you know, going to do it because I want to go to a concert or something like that. And in fact, you know, we, we um, are part of helping host a big concert here in the Vale Valley called the Uplift Concert every year. Um, and they, the, the venue was going to require vaccine passports for people to attend the concert. And really, um, JD and Kirsten really just felt like that just doesn't work. Like we can't, we're not going to turn people away, um, for not having a vaccine. And so ultimately looked for a different venue and had to call it and cancel the concert for this year. And it wasn't us trying to make a statement. It's just saying, no, that's not, that doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. We're not going to turn people away, um, because they don't have the vaccine. So I, I think like that, that decision is and should be with each person. And that's where I can kind of understand what the pushback a little bit. Like for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna get a vaccine so I can go to a concert. Right? <laughs> that's not <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Like, that's not gonna be my deciding factor. Um, so, and even after I get it, which as I said, I, I, I'm probably going to get it as my, you know, my immunity wear, wears down a little bit. Um, then I am probably still going to say, I'm not going to frequent one of those places that, says that I have to show them my phone or my card to get in. Um, just because I don't, I, 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 from a purely practical standpoint, I don't think that, that uh, we should be in the business of policing other people's health issues. Um, now that said, a lot of these things that have come up with vaccine passports and um, people requiring masks again, and some of these different things have really stirred up a lot in people. Um, where it's really causing a lot of fear and trepidation in people and it's causing a lot of anger in people and it's causing a lot of things um, that 
are really, in my opinion, as I look at them, not of the Lord. And so, um, and we'll talk about that. And that's really kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about, not whether or not you should get the vaccine. That's between you and the Lord. And I don't think um, you should let anybody judge you on that. And I don't think that you should judge anybody else on that. You know, I think that we're all, you know, individuals before the Lord and making that choice. It's just like Paul said, when it comes to eating meat or not, that sacrifice to idols or not, right? It's each man stands before God and, you know, he'll stand. Our, 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 you know, job is to not put a stumbling block block in front of our brothers or sisters. And, um, but I think that some of the stuff that's happened recently is there are people spreading, um, information that's partial or outright false that many believers, unfortunately are grabbing hold of and letting it cause fear in their hearts. And, um, that is what is way more concerning to me than a lot of the other stuff is, is that fear that is then crippling believers from being effective for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, well, that's in the intro you, you said, uh, that people are struggling with what to believe. And I think that's the, the huge issue here in this situation is, you know, the, the new, uh, statement is, you know, trust the science or follow the science and, but this person's science is different than that person's science. You know, everybody right. has their own science that they're going to quote or, you know, studies that they're going to go to and, and all of that. And I think that's really what I'm seeing is like, people are just super confused. Even the people who are solid, hardcore, like I know what I believe, they might not really know what they believe. They think they right. know what they believe and they're really hardcore about it, but it's not really accurate. And that's what there's so much, like you said, information out there that I think that's where people are really struggling is like, man, you know, and they're going back and forth. Like they'll see this statement, you know, from this uh, trusted source, and then they'll see a different statement from a different trusted source and they just don't know what to believe. And that's a really unsettling thing, yeah. I think, for people. Yeah, I agree. And I think part of the problem is that th- there might be different statements. And then what happens is these little clips or sound bites get taken out of context on both sides of these issues and thrown out there and kind of given um, words to it in a different way that basically says something other than what it was intended to say in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then people interpret that to mean something else other than what it meant. And it just runs down this rabbit trail to being this just, you know, dogmatic statement of, well, this is what's really going on. And um, I I don't want to get bogged down in all the details of a lot of this stuff, but (laughs) I mean, I could, I did. I, the type of person that I am is I'm an over researcher on things. Like I, want to know what is true. I want to know what's real. I want to know the accuracy of it. And I don't trust anybody. Like I don't, and I mean, like, I don't trust the, I don't trust the government agencies, but I don't trust the conspiracy theorists either. You know what I mean? I'm like, what am I going to, I'm going to read all of it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go like down the rabbit hole a little bit too much to where it's like, wait a second. Okay. I pick this up and see the thing that, that concerns me is a lot of the claims that I'm hearing made from, even from Christians is uh, statements that as I've gone down the the rabbit hole, I'm seeing are easily um, debunked as being false um, on both sides of these issues. Yeah. And it's not just one side. So you might be feeling like, oh, you're calling me out here, Nate. Now, maybe I am, 
<laughs> calling out both sides of this because I've seen it on both sides of these issues. And, um, I just, I mean, the one that I will, that I will just bring to our attention just to make it just obvious for, for, for this was I, I heard a pastor recently, um, say that the, um, that anybody who, that, that, anybody who is going, has taken the COVID-19 vaccine is going to die within two years. Um, <laughs> which is a, I mean, anytime you hear a statement like that, you've got to just take it with a grain of salt, right? You've got to just take that with a grain of salt and say, okay, what are you talking about? His source was supposedly this Nobel prize laureate, um, French man who was a part of helping discover the HIV virus. Um, and so he supposedly was quoting this guy who said that, everybody who's taken the vaccine has no hope and you will die within two years. Right. And, and then that leads to this whole, um, kind of out there, um, conspiracy theorism that basically says that, that the whole point of the COVID-19 vaccine is a depopulation scheme for the world. And it's, it, it ties into the new world order and it, it's like the rabbit hole gets big. Okay. So I, <laughs> I've gone down that rabbit hole. So if you're listening and you're like, but Nate, you don't know the information. Trust me. I've looked into it. I spent way too much time <laughs> looking into it. And so here's the thing I want to say though, the whole claim starts with this guy. That's this French researcher that supposedly said you will die within two years. But here's the problem. The quote is a misquote and it's actually very easily proven. Um, I took four years of French class. And so I know a little bit of French, um, but it's also, you can just super simply go and take Google translate or something like that <laughs> and translate some of this stuff. The, the guy was quoted on video talking about the vaccine. Now, mind you, this guy is an anti-vax person just in general. He doesn't like vaccines in general. Okay. So take that or leave it, whatever it is. I have friends that are very much anti-vax and that's okay. Each person has their own choice and they're responsible before the Lord. But what he had to say about this was he was talking through it and saying, you know, here's kind of the facts. And he said, we'll see in a couple of years. Well, what he was quoted as saying when the translation was written on the screen with English and the video that was shared millions and millions of times was that everyone who has taken this has no hope and you'll all be dead within two years. <laughs> if you've taken the vaccine, you will die within two years. That's not what he said. Somebody translated what he said and deliberately misstated what he said and made it say this soundbite that now has led to this whole slew of misinformation that, um, that creates this big narrative that doesn't actually exist and using a man that didn't actually say what they're saying to say that. Now, he's not a fan of the vaccine and that's okay, but he's not saying that you're going to be dead in two years if you took the vaccine. And so I, I, the reason I bring that one subject up is that this is what is happening in our world today is people take these tiny sound bites and blow them out of proportion and then build an entire narrative around it. And it is dangerous. And you might be thinking, what's dangerous about it? I'll tell you what's dangerous about it. I um, have a friend who is a pastor in California and um, he had this guy that didn't actually necessarily go to his church, but they did ministry together and surf camps for kids. And um, this guy, Christian, supposedly loved the Lord, supposedly loved his family. He did ministry. He did these surf camps where they would do discipleship with kids and they teach them to surf. And a couple of weeks ago, this guy took his two children to Mexico and murdered them. What? Yes, totally. 
murdered them in Mexico. His two children, like a, one was like eight months old or 10 months old. And one was like a few years old or something like that. And they caught him and they found out what was going on. And he um, came back to them and he said that he had been having visions that were informing him that his kids were part of this big, massive scheme um, that was all part of the QAnon conspiracy theory that's going around. And he basically had gotten so deceived into this mindset of QAnon and the lizard people, which I know it just sounds hilarious when you just first hear lizard people, but it, no, the further you go down the rabbit hole, the easier it is to believe this stuff is yeah. what happens. Yeah. It, like he's quoted by saying to his friends, yeah, I kind of play around with that QAnon stuff, but you know, it's, it kind of seems true a little yeah. bit. And he took it to such an extreme that he believed that his wife had infected his kids with lizard DNA and they were going to grow up to be QAnon, wow. not QAnon, they're going to grow up to be part of this new world order that was going to destroy the world. And so he had to kill them in order to save them. Wow. And, and I mean, it sounds far-fetched, but see, this is where this type of stuff leads and it's dangerous. It's Ooh. dangerous. And so, and it's, just as much on the other side, like uh, you're, you're, you're hearing me call out these ones that are kind of on the right side of, you know, of politics. This is not a political thing. It's just as much on the other side. Every issue that we see out there right now, people are taking little bits of things and transforming them and misquoting them and making them say something that's not true in order to support a narrative that they're building. And this kind of concept of you know, the, the two years and it's, it's a depopulation scheme and it's the new world order and the cabal and all these things. It's here's the, here's, here's the bottom line for it. Let's say that it is true. Let's say that it is true. Would God have me live in fear in the middle of that? What do you think about that, Paul? That's a great lead in to what I wanted to share. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> that was not intentional. There you go. <laughs> I feel like I've shared this verse of these verses a hundred times over the last year, not more, but it's out of Isaiah eight when uh, there was all kinds of bad things happening in the nation in Judah and Israel at that time. And there were enemies coming against them. And there was just all these different ideas on how people should live. Should they worship this God or that God? Should they do this or that? And it says in Isaiah 8, verse 11, the Lord has given me a strong warning, a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. Mm -hmm. He said, God said to Isaiah, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble, he will keep you safe. And that's what I think, you know, for us as Christians, you know, as we deal with all this stuff, and I, I love that you said, maybe let's say the conspiracy is true. Well, ultimately there is a conspiracy out there. It's Satan, right? And he wants to steal, kill and destroy. Absolutely. And so, and he's, and the whole world is held under the sway of the wicked one. Absolutely. And so there is a conspiracy out there, but 
what are we going to fear? Are we going to fear the conspiracies, whether they're true or false, you know, and spend all our time focusing on that and wasting all this energy and emotion on that stuff? Or will we fear the Lord and seek to, to know him more so that we can follow him and hear his voice in our life? And so we don't have to worry about all the different conspiracies because we hear God speaking to us. We hear him in his word and we hear him by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. I have a, a, I, I feel strongly about this because my personal example in my life, when I was diagnosed with cancer, God spoke to me right away and, and told me, and that I was, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was without a doubt. I knew it was the Lord. He said, do whatever the doctors tell you to do and just follow their instruction. And he was showing me that he was going to bring healing into my life from this cancer, but he was going to do it through these doctors. Yeah. And so as I went through the process, man, so many well-meaning people, like you said, you know, it's not like a judgment on people who think differently, but people were coming to me and telling me, you know, chemotherapy is a, it's a conspiracy. It's the pharmaceutical companies and they're together with the doctors and they're making money off of all of this stuff. And, you know, trying to put all this fear into me about taking chemotherapy. And I could just smile at him and say, man, thank you for caring about me. But God already told me, that I'm going to take chemotherapy if that's what the doctors tell me to do. And, you know, it was just such a barrage of so many different opinions. But I saw on the internet, I had this lady who would come to our church service on Wednesday nights and she'd have all these pages printed out from the internet, all highlighted and everything, you know, giving this stuff to me going, you need to know about all this stuff. And, and right. I said, Hey, with, with all love in my heart, I don't care what the internet says because God already spoke to me and yeah. I know what I'm supposed to do. And if the chemotherapy killed me, then the chemotherapy kills me, but I was doing what God was calling me to do. And that's why I think with all of this stuff, you know, um, you know, people are, like you said, you know, no offense, Nate, but you know, you're going down the rabbit hole and you're looking at all this yeah. <laughs> information and stuff. For me, I'm on the side of like, man, I just want to spend time with the Lord and listen to him because he knows, right. he knows all that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know all the websites to go to, to find out all that information, but if there's something I need to be concerned about, God can speak to me and make me aware of that. And if there's nothing to be concerned about, then I can just be free to enjoy life and follow him and do what he's called me to do. Oh, exactly. And that's, that's, um, I'm, I had a Facebook post yesterday, um, that I, that I put up there that just was saying, there's so much falsehood on the internet on many sides of many issues. Don't believe what you read on the internet, believe what you read in your Bible. You know, <laughs> it's like, and I, and I mean that truly, I mean that on many sides of many issues. Um, the, and, and I do get, I mean, I go down the rabbit hole, but the, I, I always have to bring myself back to that place of, I can research this all the way to the end. And then it still doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. What really matters is what the word of God says and how, and really, I think that it's easy to judge what you're feeling in regards to the information that you're processing. If you're feeling fear, if you're feeling worry, if you're feeling yeah. like concern about it, that is not of the Lord. Yeah. It's just not of the Lord. That's not what the Bible tells us yeah. is of the Lord, right? I mean, in first John chapter four eighteen, it says, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts mm -hmm. out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has been not been made perfect in love. And so if I'm living in a place of fear that they're going to mandate vaccines for everybody, I'm afraid of some form of torment from that, right? Of taking my rights away or whatever it is. But if I'm living in that place of fear, 
I haven't been made perfect in love because love casts that fear out of my heart. That's not of the Lord. That fear, it may be real and it might, I might be experiencing it, but that's not of the Lord. And I'd say the same thing is true. If, I, if I'm concerned about the new world order, to be honest, this is just, I mean, we just finished Revelation at church. I've, I've heard from several people this past week, like there's this big conspiracy and it's the new world order and they're just trying to take away our rights. And I'm just going to say it like this. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. <laughs> like if the new world order is coming in now and the antichrist is coming in soon, that means I get to go home soon, right? Yep. The rapture is happening soon. Yep. That's not a scary thing. That's like a, wow, it's unfolding. This is good. Like all the stuff that we just read about in revelation, like all the goodness that we saw in there is, is coming. If that's the case. Now, again, I'm not going to focus on all that, but rather than like focusing on all that and then letting that be like, Oh, this is happening and we got to worry about it. And we got to get upset about this and we need to stand up and we need to do something. No, no, I, I need to be about the gospel and I need to be saying, come Lord Jesus come soon. Right. That's later on in Isaiah eight, those verses I was sharing, uh, God goes on to say to Isaiah, preserve the teaching of God, entrust his instructions to those who follow me. Or I'm sorry, this is Isaiah speaking, but preserve the teaching of God, entrust his instructions to those who follow me. You know, like that's that's where you're like all these conspiracies are are flowing around and stuff. But it's it's really it's God's word that's gonna lead us through all of these difficult scenarios. I really respect people like you who can look into all that information and not allow it to affect you emotionally. I think I'm the opposite. I okay. think if I started <laughs> looking into all that stuff, I would start getting all nervous yeah. and concerned and things like that. And so then so I choose just to ignore it. Right. And know? I think that's probably the healthier mode, honestly, because I get a little bit, and usually what, what happens is somebody will make a claim. Like if you take this vaccine, you're going to die in two years. So-and-so said, so that's when I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. Cause did this guy actually say this? And if he said that, then what do I need to know about that? Right. Or whatever it is, or on the other side of things, like the claim that, well, if you have had COVID, you still have to get vaccinated because of X, Y, and Z. I researched that one and I found that ultimately it's very similar to having, having had the vaccine if you've had COVID, right? I've just dug into that. So it's like, but it doesn't really like either way, I think you're probably right where it's just like, don't go down the rabbit hole. I'd rather, honestly, it's a better investment of your time to spend that time investing in your relationship with the Lord. I mean, if I think about all of the time that people have to spend digging into finding out all this information or misinformation or whatever, if that was invested in your relationship with Jesus, you would be way better prepared for whatever is coming. Yeah. And I just uh, heard a pastor recently say that if we're not going down that rabbit hole and giving into all of this fear and stuff like that, that we're burying our heads in the sand. And I would, I would disagree with that statement because what we're doing is we're burying our heads in truth. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're consuming ourselves with truth rather than people's opinions and different narratives and, and all of that stuff. Um, I, th- I think about like, I think it was, uh, was it Hezekiah that had, a you know, uh, he had a, a foot disease or something like that. I think it was Hezekiah. I can't remember who it was, but might have been Ahaz. Anyway. Um, I think it was and, Hezekiah cause he was going to die or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And it, and it said that, that there was a rebuke to him because he didn't seek the Lord. <laughs> And that's where I think a lot of people are, Christian people are seeking all this information, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going down that rabbit hole 
then they're they're trying to gather all this information, but they're not seeking the Lord at all. They're right. not they're not seeking truth. And yeah. and I think about also in the Old Testament, you know, where there were these enemies coming after the Israelites, but uh, there was a prophet in Israel that was telling the king. Uh, where all these different attacks were going to take place. And the enemy king was all upset. And he's like, who's the traitor here? Who's telling him, you know, all this stuff. And they're like, there's no traitor. It's just that there's this prophet in Israel <laughs> right. who hears from God and exactly. tells the king where we're going to exactly. set our ambushes. Yeah. Well, that stuff is real. Right. You know? And that stuff can still happen today. It's like, if God needs us to know about something, to be aware of something he can speak that to us if we are taking time to seek him. Absolutely. So true. And I think the, um, the, just the thought that we, I'm not saying don't be informed on what's going on in the world. That's, right. and that's not what you're saying either. I, absolutely not. But I think that if, if you're listening to this and you're honest with yourself, just as I'm being honest with myself, if we would choose to spend the time and the energy and the effort that we spend looking into all of these other things, if we would choose to spend that in prayer and worship and Bible study, do you really think that that time would not be better spent that way? I mean, just, that's just the reality. Like, and, and as I said before, I said, you know, let's say that all of those conspiracies are true, which I don't actually believe that they are. I really just don't because the more I dig into it, the less that I see that's true. I see debunked, 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 multiple things. But let's just say that all, all the conspiracies are true and there's a one world order that's coming to power right now. There's nothing you're going to do to stop it first off because the Bible says it's going to happen, right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear. We know it's going to happen. And that's actually like, that's, that should be a welcome sign for us to say, okay, Jesus is coming, but there's nothing you're going to do to stop it. But then two is being, is it, what's the best way to prepare for that? If it is coming is the best way to prepare for that, to pick apart all the pieces and say, I'm going to figure out what all these are doing so I can stand up. No, the best way to prepare for that is for you to be close to Jesus and have the Holy spirit in you in a way that speaks truth when you're in those situations. And that's really the best way to be prepared. And I think really when we think about like what, um, the, what like the fruits are of these kind of conspiracies or the fruits are of our efforts and our research and, or our anger over policies and all of these different things that that's when we can really kind of pull back and say, Oh man, maybe I'm doing it wrong. What is the fruit of what I'm doing? What is the fruit of what's going on? And, um, if the fruit of your research is fear, if it's worry, if it's anger, if it's, you know, helpers of wrath or contention, which are what are listed as works of the flesh in Galatians chapter five, if it's, you know, the, all of these types of things, then that's not of the spirit. But what are the fruits of the spirit? Well, if you're close to the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, <laughs> long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such, there is no law. Right. So, so again, for me, I can, I can get frustrated about things too, especially like the vaccine passports. That one just drives me nuts. I'm like, I'm not going to show you something on my phone to come into your grocery store. I'll spend my money somewhere else. That gets me a little bit frustrated, but honestly, I'm like, is that me walking in the flesh or me walking in the spirit with that? And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to do it again. I think I can 
I can fight that in a way that's honoring to the Lord and just say, I'm going to spend my money with somebody else. And you're going to feel it in your pocketbook and probably pull back that, that rule eventually. But what's going on in my heart in that moment, is it the fruit of the spirit? Because if it's not the fruit of the spirit, then it's not from God. And if it's not from God, then I shouldn't be thinking about it. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I, and you said, we're, you know, we're not saying for people to not be informed about what's going on in the world, but when you said that, I, I was like, but the question is, where are you getting your information? Yeah. And what does it mean to you be informed? Are you a Fox News informed person? Are you <laughs> okay. a CNN News informed person? Because I read that's, both, actually. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like you get your information from all yeah. these places. Like, what are you going to trust? And that's where... To me, I think that a lot of people are struggling with that today is mm -hmm. like, who do I trust? Who do I trust? Trust the Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Trust the Lord. And, and uh, you know, I, I do feel like in our modern church, a lot of times we uh, excuse the supernatural of God, you know, that he's just become like a religion or a theology or something rather than an actual living God who can speak to his people and do yeah. miracles. And, yeah. um and so I, I feel like, you know, it's not burying your head in the sand to bury your head in God's word Absolutely and to spend not. time with him and to listen and be led by his spirit. It's, as I said before, it's way better investment. I mean, it's like, if you like, I mean, when I spent, when I go down those rabbit holes, it causes strife in my heart. Mm, right. Yeah. Me too. But when I get into the word, yep. it causes peace, security and peace. Yeah. In fact, Isaiah chapter 26, verse three says this, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace mm -hmm. whose mind is stayed or fixed on you because he trusts in you. See, when we're focused on the Lord, when we're focused on trusting in God, when we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, we realize how big our God is in compared to comparison to all the stuff that we're seeing. I mean, like all this stuff that's going on in the world, whatever, whatever may or may not be happening, God is so much bigger than all of that stuff. And when I'm connected to God and I'm looking at him, everything else is like, whatever, whatever yeah. happens. You well, know? even this whole life, you know, God's word says is but a shadow, you know, passing shadow. Yeah. You know? And it's just, uh, and we spend all of our time getting so torn up and everything about things that are temporary, even if it's for the rest of our life, it's temporary, you know, but, but paying attention to the Lord and being connected to him gives us that eternal uh, mindset and framework for our life that for me just gives me so much security and peace. And, um, I know for me, one of the best things that ever happened to me was being told when I had cancer that I would, I was going to die. And yeah. And that really changes your perspective, you know, about what's important and stuff. And I right. know I've lost a lot of that, that I got to experience during those days, but it was very uh, purifying for me about what I cared about, what I didn't care about. And, um, and that's what, so I just like that eternal uh, perspective for me, like whenever I'm connected with the Lord and thinking about things of the Lord, there's an eternal perspective that gives me a security for this temporary life. Your cancer that you had is essentially deemed incurable. Isn't that right? Yeah. Like, I mean, only you and one other person have survived this. Isn't that Oh, right? no, there's more than that, but okay. it's, they, they have no known cure for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, so I, I mean, I think obviously God moved and worked, right. And, you know, you following his instruction in that saved your life. Really it did. Yeah. And you're here. Um, and that's an amazing, miraculous thing there. 
Um, and even just how he worked and all of that, it's just, it is truly a miracle. And I think that that's kind of just what you said is what we forget is how big our God is. We get so wrapped up in, in what the government's doing and how it's overreach. And we get so wrapped up in what this person's doing and how it's, you know, this or it's that or whatever it is. And we think about like what the pharmaceutical companies are really trying to do and, and all of that stuff. And we forget about how big our God is. We make God small in comparison to the world. And if God is who he says he is, then I don't have to worry. In fact, he tells me not to worry. He tells me that worry is a sin, essentially. Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. That's a commandment from Jesus. So if I'm worrying about my life, I'm sinning, essentially, right? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or, or what you'll nor about your body, what you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet their heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Which that's my favorite line in this section because we just skip over that. But like Jesus is saying, hey, who of you can make yourself taller by worrying? (laughs) Who can can be worried and make yourself taller by doing that? Oh, I really, I I just need to get to that like six, three measure so I can get through to this thing. Or it's like, you know, my kids, when we'd go to the amusement park, they always waited for the time they were tall enough to get onto the ride. ride. Yeah, Yeah. and, and every year they were not. And they always wanted to be taller. And they'd always, my son Josiah is six this year and we went to the the place and he's like, am I tall enough? Am I tall enough? And he was for most of them, which is awesome. But there was a couple that he wasn't quite tall enough. And he's like, I just want to be taller. Right. And he can't make himself taller by (laughs) worrying about it or feeling about it. Right. Which of you can add one cubit to his stature. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear or what vaccine shall we get or should we get one? (laughs) For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I think... We spend so much time worrying about things and all of that time is wasted. Yeah. Every second that I worry, I'm wasting. <laughs> Every second I live in fear, I'm wasting. And I could be, instead of that, being the one who's being kept in perfect peace because my mind is fixed on him, like it says in Isaiah. Well, that's what you just taught about this this past Sunday about prayer and uh, where it says, be anxious for nothing, but, you know, through prayer. And that's where, you know, and you, you taught us about, you know, prayer is, is that communion with God, you know, talking to him, but also, you know, spending time with him and just communing with him. And, and that's where I think that, you know, a lot of people are, are anxious about everything that's going on in the world today. And don't you just love how extreme the Bible is? It's like, be anxious for, well, you can be anxious for some things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like be anxious for Nothing. no thing. Right. And, um, but pray, you know, but interact with the Lord, you know, and tell him your concerns and, and listen to him and, and receive that security and that peace that he wants to offer us for those things that we are so anxious about. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that prayer equation there, I've just always loved that because it really, it's, it's a promise of God. It's, it's, you know, he says, be anxious for nothing, which is a command, but it's like, okay, well, how do I do that? But then he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he's saying, don't be anxious. Instead, put all that anxiety on Jesus. And then it says, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what we need right now? Yes, our it is. Our hearts guarded, yeah. So like I, my anxiety about whatever, I, I cast it on Jesus and I say, I can't handle this, Lord. I need you to take it. And then he takes it and he gives me peace that doesn't make any sense. Like, let's, let's just say that the worst case scenario happens and the biggest conspiracy out there actually happens and everything unravels and whatever, all that stuff goes down. God wants to give you peace in that moment. Yeah. Well, you like your thing about the guy saying, you know, if you got the vaccine, you'll be dead within two years. You didn't get the vaccine. I did get the vaccine. So I did tick tock, tick tock, you know, <laughs> but as you, yeah. we talked before the program, I'm like, well, sweet. I get to go see Jesus sooner than Nate does because he didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> okay, right. You got to stay here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Well, I, maybe I will go get it now then. <laughs> I'm going to be with Jesus too. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that one for a second, yeah. just because I just, I looked into it and, and I just trust the Lord. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. And, and again, like our point today is not to tell you what you should or shouldn't do aside from you shouldn't worry (laughs) and you should trust the Lord. Right. And you shouldn't dwell on these things that are causing fear in your heart and fear in your life and feel like you need to do something. And really, I think that this is, this is the distraction of the enemy. And this is where I do see the enemy at work. Absolutely. Is he is doing his best to get believers focused on secondary issues so that we miss one, the peace that God is offering us and the life abundantly he's offering us. But two, we miss the gospel and we are ineffective for the kingdom. Yeah. That's what he's doing. The only reason we're here still is to win people to an eternal relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Know, because I mean, God knows how messed up this world is. Jesus, when he prayed for us, he was like, you know, it'd be cool if you could take them out of here, but they, don't take them out of here because this world needs them. That's my paraphrase. Yeah. My <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's why we're here. And when we get caught up in all of this fear and worry and anxiety and, um, you know, yelling back and forth, whether it's social media or whatever it is, uh, how is the world going to see something in us that would be attractive to them that would say, Hey, I want what you got, you know? And that's what, you know, I just watched a, a video of a pastor teaching recently and he just sounded like everybody else in the world, just like ranting and raving and, you know, yeah. judging and, and all of this stuff. And, and it's just not attractive to somebody to say, Oh, I want what you got. Right. Um, and that's, I think like, yeah, I really think you hit it on the head there that it's just, it's distracting us from the main purpose. It is. It is. And I, and I think the, the main purpose that we're here, this is the reason you're here still, like Paul said, is to preach the gospel in, in words and in deeds and in action. You know, that's, that's why we're here. And there's going to be a day as it says in Romans, that when the last Gentile comes in, the last person that's a that's a non-Jewish believer that places their faith in Jesus, the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And on that day, it's going to be all right. This is done. And now the crazy thing about that is like, 
I believe that all the people that are going to be saved are going to be saved. It's going to, you know, it's going to happen. I'm not going to get into the whole free will, all that stuff like, but God sees the end from the beginning. Right. So that he knows, but, but it tells us in first Peter that we can hurry that day along. We can speed that day up, right. By, by the way that we live and by the way that we interact with the world around us, it tells us that we can speed his coming. And really that's by ultimately, if you put the pieces together, that's by getting people saved. And the gospel is the reason we're here. Matthew 28, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, you know, baptizing in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's why we are here. That is our mission that we're given. And if I'm so focused on all this other stuff, I'm missing the mission that we've been given and I'm being ineffective. And ultimately I'm playing into the devil's hand. And that's what I don't want to do, right? I don't want to play into the devil's hand. I think people think, oh, we're playing into the devil's hand if we get the vaccine or we're playing into the devil's hand if we do this or if we do that. We're playing into the devil's hand if we go along with this or we go along with that. All of those things are just decisions you need to make between you and the Lord. Those are decisions that you're going to have to come before him about, right? Whether you're going to do those things or not. Um, but as you seek the Lord, you're not playing into the devil's hand on that that that's not the enemy, like trying to, um, to, to rip you off in that sense. The enemy is trying to rip you off and get you distracted from what God would have for your life, which is peace, not fear, which is you being a light in the community, not being scared and angry and bitter. I mean, I go back again to the works of the flesh versus the works of the spirit. You look through that section in Galatians chapter five, you know, it starts in verse 19, but you get into like verse 20 idolatry, which is probably the number one sin in America. We don't idolize false gods, but we have false gods of money. We have false gods of politics. We have false gods of, of sex. We have false gods of relationships, of fun, of all these different things, right? Idolatry, sorcery, um, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. Okay. Listen to all those things. Envy, <laughs> like most of the list of the works of the flesh are not things like there's a few of the big ones there, like murder, revelries, you know, sexual immorality, like they're there, but the majority of the list is like idolatry and hatred and contention and jealousy and outburst of wrath and selfish ambition and dissension and envy. Like if those are the fruits coming out of your life because of whatever, then that's not of the Lord and you're getting ripped off yeah. and you're not getting ripped off by God. You're getting ripped off by the enemy and God would have you live in that place of life abundantly where you're having the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what should be coming out of our life. Right. And I, I think that so often we get distracted and then we get angry and then we get bitter. And it's why Paul said in Galatians five, you know, earlier in Galatians five, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you are consumed by one another. Right. And, and that's probably one of the final thoughts I want to leave with today is just that whatever your position is on a lot of these issues, you got to be careful to not be dogmatic about it, especially with other believers. Um, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> you know? like, and God might be leading somebody else in a different direction on the same issue. You might be passionate about getting the vaccine and that this is what you need to do. And I, I did this because I'm helping the greater good. And you need to do that because you need to be a part of that. As a believer, you need to let that other believer make their mind up between them and the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
You might be on the other end of the spectrum and say that you're passionate anti-vaccine and you think that this vaccine is going to kill people or whatever. You need to be patient and compassionate and humble and recognize that you are not the authority on all things on heaven and earth and let God speak to that other person. This is, this is a meat sacrifice to idols issue. You, you need to not have a dogmatic stance on these things and then bite and devour one another, um, especially, especially other believers, but really anybody like what, what, what attitude are we putting out there to the world? What are they seeing of us? Are they seeing the complaints about masks and are they seeing the complaints about the vaccine and are they seeing the complaints about political oppression or whatever it might be? Are they seeing that just all of these different things or are they seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of God? Don't be distracted. There is a battle and there is an enemy and there is a conspiracy and his plan is not necessarily to subjugate you as much as it is to distract you from your mission. That's good. Because God's mission for you is of utmost importance and the enemy cares less about your physical comfort, less about your physical prosperity, less about what you want to do. And he cares more about you not being effective for the kingdom. And that's what he's going to try to do. And it's not through external means. It's through distracting you on the inside. So let's refocus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Let's be the ones that are kept in perfect peace because our mind's fixed on him. And let's um, go about just treating each other the way that God has called us to, right? To, to love each other, to, um, to walk with each other in humility and, and patience and um, really not dwelling in that place of fear. Yeah, I, uh, I think a good closing comment for me is a scene from World War Z. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Where all these disease zombies are like just thousands of them are running and uh, they don't attack uh, people who have a terminal illness is the thing in the movie and okay. they, they discover this and stuff. And anyway, that scene where they're running around this person and this person is just sitting there and it's just chaos and insanity running around them. But that person's just sitting there because they can't touch them because they have a terminal illness and this disease, whatever. And I just get that picture, like, that's how we should look as Christians, mm. you know, that we have all this world just swirling around us and everybody's yelling and screaming and, you know, fighting and dissension and all of that stuff. And we're just in at peace and we just have a little smile on our face and we're cool. You know, that's what will make people stop and go, why aren't you yelling? Yeah. You know, why aren't you taking sides. Why aren't you, you know, and you say, because I trust in the Lord, you know, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a good picture. I haven't seen that movie. Um, I don't watch those types of movies. I've Paul. only seen it <laughs> when it was filtered. When it was filtered. <laughs> a little bit, bit angel action, action there. <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen that, but that actually, I might, that's a, that's an interesting scene. That's cool. That's, that's a great picture because I think the, the, the reality is that so much of the time we are the ones standing up and screaming in addition to everybody else. That's what the whole world is doing. So it's not any different, but I think that really like what we should be doing is subverting the world system with the gospel, not playing the devil's game, the devil's way, but recognizing that we have a greater power than he does, you know, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. If you're concerned about this stuff, 
we should be digging our hands into the scriptures. We should be out there evangelizing, preaching the gospel, not preaching one side or the other of any issue, but preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which subverts the whole system. It subverts left. It subverts right. It subverts everything in there. It it goes above and beyond. That's what Jesus did. Actually, if you knew about when Jesus came to the earth, he came into a political system, much like what we have today. There were two sides of the political system in Israel. There were the the Pharisees um, who were the legalist religious people. And then there were the Sadducees who were the liberal uh, kind of materialist people who didn't really believe that there was an afterlife for in spiritual things. And these two groups went at each other all the time, just like the left and the right do today. And Jesus came in and subverted the whole thing. And they were both angry at him as they (laughs) united in their anger over Jesus, right? But he subverted the whole system and changed it from the inside out and even brought people that were totally separate from all of that and sent them into this uh, movement that changed the world. And that is where our focus should be. It's not on, you know, trying to, to like play the devil's game it's on realizing that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, as the scripture says, and not be fooled and not get distracted by the enemy. Cause he's as wide as a serpent, wise as a serpent, but he's not as innocent as a dove and he will steal your joy. He'll steal your peace. He'll steal your effectiveness um, because that's his mission. And he'll often will do it by distracting you from your main goal, which is to honor and serve and love the Lord. And so um, I think that if we just refocus and recenter and get our eyes on Jesus and get our eyes off all the other stuff, that we are going to see great things happen. I think we'll see revival in the church. I think we'll see revival in our communities. I think people will notice because the world is so bitter and so contentious right now that they will see that and be like, what is the deal with that? You know, that, that, that one person sitting in the middle of the field of zombies, right? (laughs) What is the deal with that? I want to be able to do that. (laughs) And, um, we'll have that peace that surpasses understanding. So, um, Hope you were encouraged. Um, I'm sure that there are some alternate opinions to some of the things that we've said today and points, but that really is kind of the point, right? Is that we can be iron sharpening iron. And so hope that uh, you're encouraged and built up and just go knowing that it doesn't matter. Um, Really, it doesn't matter what happens in our country. It doesn't matter what happens in our community. It doesn't matter whether they implement a a vaccine passport system throughout the whole government, everywhere you go which I would hate very much, but it doesn't matter because ultimately Jesus is still on the throne. And the more of that type of stuff that happens, the sooner I know that he's coming back. And in the meantime, my job is to stay focused. I'm here as an ambassador. I'm not here to enjoy this life. I'm here to be an ambassador from a foreign country. And that country is heaven. And I'm here to share the message of the one who sent me until he calls me home. And so um, I hope you will take that same challenge and that same uh, calling on your life and recognize that God is with you. He's for you. He loves you. He's going to have your back. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. Thanks for listening in today. Um, Once again, if you click the subscribe button, you'll get more of these in your inbox. And um, you can follow me on my website at pastornate.com, pastorn8.com or mountainlife.church. And uh, would love to connect with you on social media as well at Facebook or Instagram. I don't really do the Twitter thing, even though I have a Twitter account, there's too much distraction on there. So 
Um, all right. That's about all that we have to say about that. God bless you. Have a great day.